0: Tonight, we discuss the travesty that is Strange New Worlds, then we'll continue the discussion with the masterpiece that is the Orville, and conclude tonight's broadcast with yet another masterpiece, The Old Man. All this coming up right now on The Writer Brothers. Welcome back to your Tuesday night recap for Star Trek, The Orville, and The Old Man. My name is Petey York, I am your host this evening, joined once again by the ever-so-lovely Poyo Zapatos, off to my That Direction, and my other co-host slash, uh, analyst slash witch-in-residence slash really annoying guy, Corion, witch-in-residence, there it is, I you like to try to get at least one disc and so sometimes not myself we are of course here to talk once again and as you can probably tell from my lovely review intro about Strange New Worlds um, we're going to start of course with what we didn't like and uh, who 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 wants to go first because I can well, go first
1: first I'm going to say let us all raise a glass for Hemmer yeah. uh, you know he, he went out like an absolute boss for the record. And, uh, you know, uh, the fact that he is gone is basically killed my interest in the show because, let's yeah. be honest, he was the most interesting character there. Yeah, my enthusiasm
0: yeah. For, for Strange New Sucks really dies with the show. And, uh, oh, uh, fan mail from uh, Maria with TNT. Nice. you guys, yes, us guys, are here to discuss whether or not we like Strange New Worlds still, I'm, you know, I'm going to watch next week's episode, and we're obviously going to still talk about it. I- I'm just, it- it's it's like Kenobi all over again. I'm not mad. I'm just really disappointed. It's really what it's going to come down to. But I got to say why I'm disappointed, so they can maybe improve for next season. I'm not quite off board Ellie. with watching next season. So, Welcome, Maria. so we'll, yeah, I we'll mean, see. But why I mean, don't you go ahead, Corion.
1: Yeah, so this episode is a blatant ripoff you're of you're Aliens. Quick.
2: Shout oh, out oh. to Maria with T and Telly in the chat hey, and hey. listening in right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so,
1: yeah, I mean, look, it's a blatant ripoff of the
0: movie.
2: Real
1: quick,
0: yeah. real quick, though. Shout out to Maria with T and Telly. Thank you for joining the chat.
1: Real glad you're here. So, uh, yeah, so I just also want to say before I go do too deep in, shout out to Maria from T and Telly. Oh, uh, yes, agree. Shout out to you know, Maria. I mean, you, 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 can't, you, you can't go without that.
0: I'm going to yeah. be honest. I don't think there's enough praise that you could really give somebody like that. And I'm really excited to that see more great. of her uh, of her uh, Zen Buddhism type shows where she tries to help people. That's really awesome that that's amazing that you're putting yourself out there like that. Eventually, we'd like to have a philosophy show, whether it's going to be head up by Corione or uh, myself or whatever. We're still figuring out the internals and scheduling for that. But you're make, you're doing it now. Keep it up. I really liked what I saw today, even though it was maybe 20 minutes, and I definitely want to join in for more of that type of stuff because that's the world needs more people that are out there that are wanting to help other people, not necessarily for money, but of course, you know, we do need to pay our bills and keep our lights on and our air conditions cool, so.
1: That being said, Maria, if you can find a rabbi, you, me, and the rabbi need to do a show together because it'll just be a great punchline regardless of what happens.
0: That's a joke waiting
2: to happen. Oh, I agree. The show just has to be called A Rabbi, A Witch and a buddhist
1: right and, and it'll it'll and work just
2: dot 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 at the episode yeah. line for every episode
0: well yep. and i mean with with her extravagant outfit that she was wearing today you could even just call it you know the rabbi the witch and the wardrobe but
2: uh Ooh,
1: that's a i like that one too <laughs> i know that all was right.
2: good yeah <laughs>
1: yeah all right say so, guys i'm a writer longer. i don't know if you, you know that picked. um yeah. all right Strange so back to the actual yeah the actual Me to this, yeah. It was blatant, yeah. So it was a blatant ripoff of the movie Alien. Like the only thing we didn't have is people coming out of cryo. Um, you know that that's really all it was missing. And even then, the the casing at the end
2: in cryo when we encountered the start,
1: right? They're all frozen on
2: the frozen planet.
1: Yeah, so there we go. Right? It's, um. You know they they decided that for some reason the arguably one of the best characters that strange new worlds actually gave us um you know an engineer that actually felt like a cranky engineer um you know they decided to get rid of him uh either because you know he was just too cool for this show <laughs> or you know uh, i i guess like they actually figured out he was worth the money they were paying for him so that had to stop right there yeah no we can't have good
0: characters that's
1: that's that would make
0: us a better star trek show and we don't want to we don't want to eclipse we don't want to eclipse they're
2: falling in love with a fake species so
1: right um so then you know and they've decided to cast the role of alien as the gorn even though it hunts like a predator so the fact that this this species hasn't just like thrown its young at planets and taken over the entire universe <laughs> is somehow beyond me, but literally a probe with a couple of these babies going to each planet in the galaxy would have the entire planet speaking Gore or the entire galaxy speaking Gorn in about five minutes. um, Except you that know, they kill
0: each other, though. So they decide who the alpha is, and then there's, like, a power struggle because, you know, we need the plot to happen in this specific way. I, I just... it's it's This is an example of shit, right? It's a right? great
2: video game. It's it, a really fun video game, you know? Yeah, Save like, your team before all of them are either impregnated or eaten.
0: Yeah, I mean, like... It's, it's also a great a, idea for a standalone
1: sci-fi movie.
2: Right? Uh, named uh, Alien.
1: But, yeah, but... It, this is this is just, like, this was ridiculous. This was completely unnecessary. Um, by the end of it, we've lost two characters, one of which was really decent. The other one, I mean, had some problems but we were actually getting some depth out of, which, again, now the only character that we have any character depth for, really, is Lahura. And even then, I don't know, I, I feel like you know, after I saw her emerge from like the, I don't know the, the room under the, the space stairs, you know, um, Harry Potter style. I, I wasn't super interested. Um, you know, uh, at least, you know, we, we got to see another Federation ship, which once again has massive hallways and huge rooms. They just filled it with random junk this time. Yeah. Um, I also,
0: I also liked someone pointed out how it was, it's sitting very crookedly, right? And and the bridge is like you know, just, just slightly tilted. And I also slightly I also distorted. like how they borrow the the DS9 logic. Cuz remember, it's Terok Nor if it's tilted.
1: It's not the right. Enterprise because it's tilted. <laughs> right? It, uh There's just <laughs> and the problem is the more you look at this episode, the more horrible horrible things you find. Right? Yep. Like it, it, it's like You know, you see suck, and then you, like, zoom in, and there's more suck. And then you zoom in even further, and there's even more suck. There's a suck sitting on the suck of the suck of the suck of the the bottom of the suck. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous that this got past anyone in the writer's room. Like, I really, really hope the writers of this episode use aliases for everything because... Man, if you put that on a resume, goodbye. Oh, oh no, they did the exact
0: opposite, Corion. They actually came out and decided to justify the retcon. Like, they have an excuse for it. Which, okay, here's here's the thing, guys. Here's the thing, CBS, Paramount, whatever the hell you are now. Just one throwaway line. Actually, no, no, not a throwaway line. Just give us some kind of excuse. Some kind of explanation that this is its own timeline, and I'll be a little bit more patient with it again. But until we have it on screen and it's canonized with this garbage, that this is its own timeline, until that is firm, formally set, this show is just, its its I don't like it anymore. And I'm sad because I really thought we had a strong start with episode one. I thought the follow-on episodes were, were doing okay and doing what they're supposed to. And then all of a sudden, after episode six, or around episode six, they decided, now let's just eat the whole cookie jar. Let's write like we're a season two show now. Like this this whole thing thing with with Hammer would have been fine if this was season 2 episode 8. Okay? This th- this would have been a better time. Would have had more time to develop Hammer, would have had more time to get attached to Hammer, and we would have had a proper had send-off.
2: More trust in you to replace Hammer with somebody equally as lovable.
0: Yeah, that's probably oh, not. That's gonna like the or problem maybe they're going to bring Scotty this, like, in early I,
2: now. No, but yeah, see, you can't, that's that's like recovering from your mistake by adding another mistake just bring in another plot armor character yeah Yeah.
1: and to be perfectly honest if they bring in like young Scotty to this I'm gonna be annoyed because you know we haven't earned you haven't earned Scotty yet right you know uh, you just you haven't and we can do more by not going back to the well like you know, you gave us an engineer that we liked, that we enjoyed having, right? That I mean, we the doctor took, met. Right. I mean, the doctor took a little while to grow on me, I'll admit it. I still it like him, but to, yeah. yeah but even that storyline they screwed up. Right, but I mean, it and it did take me a little while to get to the point where I was kind of like enjoying him right? Like I think when I started enjoying him was when I saw him with the fly fishing hat. Because mm-hmm. it was just like a random enough thing that he was into fly fishing that I'm like, okay, you put five minutes of homework into this character. I'm down with that. Right. I mean, like the only way it could have been better is if instead of fly fishing, it was golf and somebody made a crack about all doctors and golf. And what the hell is that? <laughs> right. That would have been good.
0: Ancient pastime on. I, I can't do him Vegas accent, but I try yeah. it out of love. Yeah, right. Um,
1: and- but yeah, that that's what drove me nuts. Yeah, and,
0: and and honestly, even after watching this episode, the more I thought about it, the more I stewed on it. I just it got worse and worse and worse for me to the point where I'm like, and now I've seen the promos for for next for this week's episode, and I'm like, I'm already disenfranchised. So, uh, whether or not I even come back for season two is still up in the air. And I'll give this show the fair shake that I feel we've been giving it. We but the the the, the patience well is dried up for me. I. I we have we have gone to one strange new world and even then it wasn't really that whole different from earth and so while technically we've gone to this one strange new world the show is strange new worlds this has just been strange stupid rehash that's all this show has been strange stupid retcon is probably a better show better show title right now because that's all they're doing is there and then they're stealing from aliens and it's not where's it's the originality not,
2: well, yeah, it's it's not that it's stealing. It's that they're like, well, we own the IP, and we have never tested these writers on anything except for Halo. That writing the photo. And the fan base is borderline guaranteed. Like, everybody tried or was willing to try Discovery until things started, you know, pushing people away. I was one such idiot right.
0: that made it through Season 2 <laughs> before I quit.
2: Right, so, like... They're no experience, no education, no understanding of the fandom. And like, this is the most frustrating thing is the studio is legitimately attacking the fans. Like the fans are the problem, even though the fans are the only reason Star Trek survived. It was a horribly filmed, horribly cramped, random idea that was supposed to die at its inception and instead had spinoff after spinoff till today we're still spinning it off and the only people that are coming back for episode one of yeah. new season anything is the fans. the show's just it's circling not, back not to new the people. same crap well and, and it's not even circling back it's literally just rewriting it it's just like you remember that one episode in that one series that we liked i think i can write the exact same thing
1: yeah, like I I don't understand why Star Trek, which was you know arguably like you know the the ninety Yan- the nineties Yankees suddenly became the Chicago Cubs, right? Like I I don't get how you do that. I don't get how you turn it into like the the team that like despite losing all the time is suddenly now um you know like has hanger on fans because they they're hoping against hope that you'll pull a miracle out of somewhere right that somewhere there's some writer you can squeeze a measure of a man or a balance of terror or you know um oh or in the pale moonlight out of but i mean guys you gotta come out of the the gate was something better than this this is just
2: stop pretending like it's hard you already have a perfectly realized wholly developed society system structure like everything world building that makes writing hard yours is already done yeah like skip ahead to the next part now let's just do character development that's all you need to practice it's all you need to focus on as long as you abide by the laws of the land that were already proven for decades of success
1: yeah like i mean the formula for a star trek episode is not particularly difficult you literally pull out a a newspaper or a news source go back two weeks from when you're writing pick the topic and uh just make it hyper extended and that's the alien culture that they're visiting and then you play out the moral and ethical ramifications of it
2: read a book yeah, and like, then now try to write it into the universe according to the universe. So read yeah. a so short getting, story.
0: I'm getting ready to work a little bit behind the scenes, and there's a certain way I've got to set it up. I just want to make sure. Was there anything that we liked about this episode by chance? Um. Okay. I like I the say theme say so. I like
2: that I forgot it.
1: <laughs> I, I, I will say this though, there were a couple of things that I did actually like, and most of them revolve around Hammer because. First, we got to see Hemmer as counselor uh, on the ship, which I thought was adorable, because the cranky engineer being the one that's the, the most spiritual of the team real is quick, a really great real idea. Real quick,
0: choreo, we, we, do have, uh, we do have some fan mail from Citizen Wayne. They need more character development. At this point, I would think the hardest part is to not make each episode feel like a redo of some prior episode. Yeah. Yes, and you know what, Citizen Wayne, I'm actually going to finish this segment off with a with a nice rant about it here, but I'm going to let Corey finish his thought while I do a little magic behind the scenes to set up for our next segment.
1: Okay, so, um, Hammer being like you know, uh, ship dad, I thought was pretty adorable. Um, I do like that they continued to make sure Hammer was a pacifist the whole way through. Yeah, he literally said at the like one of his last lines before we know he's done goes along the lines of, I won't kill them, but I will protect my people. Yeah. And that is a wonderful thing for him to go out on uh, in terms of of ethics and morality there. And uh, yeah,
0: Citizen Wayne uh, says, uh, writes uh, aliens versus predators. No, aliens and predators combined. 100% yes, we we agree with you on that. Absolutely.
1: So, So... Oh, there was one last one, and that is Spock, actually being able to reach in and pull out his rage. There it was a decent idea. Idea. It wasn't executed. Yeah, it was sloppily executed, and it sh- he should have the f- mental focus and fortitude to be able to pull to rein it back in. Yeah. after the event. Yeah, you want to
2: but the initial time to show his spiritualism just meditate for a second like you see him do all this rage and then the nurse goes to bug him and he's like stop and then he goes back into his chanting until he's back to normal he's like sorry i needed to fix myself
0: right like at the end of end of the attack of the clone's flight where where yoda picks up his walking stick and goes back to you know hobbling something like that that's it is exactly what we need instead it's 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 So so honestly, this this episode, I pretty much blame on Game of Thrones, uh, not directly just in the fact that it it's it got so popular with the formula of, oh, let's build up this character. Let's kill them off. Oh, isn't that shocking? And then we're going to repent and repeat for five, eight seasons and it'll never get tired. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. Strange new worlds. Uh, I don't even know if writer is a title you deserve. because You can't write. You just copy homework. Um, Scribble. this is what, this is what Dangerous. this is the reason why it worked for Game of Thrones. One, it's Game of Thrones. Okay. Star Trek is not Game of Thrones. Star Trek will never be Game of Thrones. So stop trying to be Game of Thrones. And this goes for every series out there. Stop trying to be Game of Thrones. I'm sick of it. It's boring. It's stupid. It's tried. It's over. The thing that re- that worked for Game of Thrones was the fact that we had nine episodes to get to know Ned Stark. He was the focal point of the episode. Hemmer, we've maybe had three maybe four episodes he's been in. We don't really know this guy. So, I didn't feel anything except contempt for this show when he sacrificed himself. Because while that is the noble thing to do, and one could argue, yeah, in real life that might happen, stuff happens. I'm I'm sorry, we have technology on this ship to allow an open flame in the captain's quarters, but we can't extract the gorn eggs out of Hammer? Bullshit. Bullshit. I'm gonna see how episode ten pans out, but I don't even know if we'll waste time with it on this show. We, we'll see because I, I just, I, I really tried, and I've been patient with these shows, and I was patient with Kenobi, and I'm trying to be patient and objective about this stuff, and I'm gonna keep trying to be better about it. However, I, it, you, you're on thin ice. Like I, I've heard that. Well, Star Trek Pew it's Card thin Season thin Three ice. is 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 moving away from from Season One and Two. I'm still not sure I care enough to give it a shot.
2: Well, and this, so it's it's not it's not Thin Ice. I th- I think your outrage is a hundred percent founded because it's not like whoever Gene Roddenberry sent the rights to on his way out the door, and they're finally taking the time to try again to revitalize his image. No, this is a multi billion dollar production house producing sub thousand dollar stuff like they deserve to be raged on because they were so confident in their ability to you know put this on a locked platform that costs seven to eight bucks a month that you have to spend every month to watch each episode as it releases so they get a little extra money to then was garbage like if, if this well, yeah if this show was rated r i would visually describe what they're doing to my mental body and i'll leave it to other writers to explain to these writers There's a South where that's Park going.
0: episode for that the indiana jones south park is where you're going isn't it
2: there you go yeah that's all the we need to say on that one. uh
0: got another uh some more fan mail from citizen wayne did you guys happen to watch Kurtzman on Will Wheaton's After Show? He comes off to me as a mass marketer more than somebody who cares about the spirit of Trek. One man's opinion. Yes. Uh, I didn't see it. I, I think if, I, if I, I understand down. what you're saying, I'm a little confused, Citizen Wheaton. I think you're saying that that he only gives a shit about making money, which is laughable because they're trash-talking fans who give them money in the first place, and, and that well, he's not focused on the spirit of Star Trek. Which, if that's what you're saying, I 100% agree with you.
2: Or if you're saying that Kurtzman thinks that he is a mass marketer, he forgot the number one part of mass marketing, which is know your audience.
3: And this is the other thing.
2: And I want to expand on,
0: I want to expand on that too, because I've seen some, some, some Star Trek fans, a lot of Star Trek fans, uh, on both sides of the, of the political aisle behaving very much, not like Star Trek fans. Okay. Here's what Star Trek comes down to kids. Inclusion. Tolerance. That is Star Trek. Now, you want to say, well, we don't include racists. Okay, here's the reality, you dumb fucks. Dean Roddenberry tolerated and put up with racists, sexists, and homophobes. If he didn't deal with them, there would be no fucking Star Trek. That's two. Now. Does that mean that I condone those idiots in Hollywood that came before him that he had to put up with? Of course not. Those assholes were pieces of shit and they will be forgotten for good reason.
2: That's four.
0: But that said, that said, you need to be better. And I don't care what your political beliefs are. If you believe in Star Trek, you believe in exhausting all all forms of diplomacy and saying five words on fucking Twitter does not count. That is not discourse discourse is listening to the other side discourse is listening to other people the writer brothers we are about restoring respect into discourse so if you want to come on this show and you want to talk about it and we want to have an, an honest discussion and debate good we'll listen we're going to hear each other out and if we don't agree at the end of the day that's fine because the only thing we need to agree on is to respect each other's right to live and to have opinions that is star trek If you don't do any of that if you just block people on twitter facebook whatever any social media that is not what gene roddenberry taught you that is not what gene roddenberry stands for gene roddenberry has his own opinions but ultimately his his goal was to find the best in even the worst of us that is what i've always believed as a star trek fan
2: diplomacy at all costs means that you know what you're doing is correct and if given enough time you can turn anybody to your side so if that's what we take star trek and that's what we take the federation to represent is just diplomacy let's talk until they understand why they're wrong and we fix it because you know we're super advanced and we've made it this far right and you also have to be open to the fact even if your ideals are super biased towards one slant or the other, and make no mistake, Gene Roddenberry was very biased. He 100% believed in the civil rights movement, hence why he told all of CBS to go F themselves NBC. when he put on Lieutenant O'Hora on his cast. And that that's the spirit all Trek fans are born in, is you tell people that are stupid how stupid they are by proving your point right not by, doing by making it. them bad exactly. not by criminalizing them not by hating on them not by hurting their feelings even I, just by showing why you're right
0: i know we're getting yeah. really emotional with this one and and i just want to point out Corion puts himself yeah. out there as witch in residence okay he's not expecting you to accept his faith and his beliefs he just wants you to accept who he is at least i think so if i'll let him speak for himself <laughs> I'll stop well, uh, I'll stop Jesus explaining or whatever the term would be for that. I,
1: you know what? It's all good, man. Yeah, there you go. Look, here's where I'm at. Okay? The Federation, which is, you know, kind of the core of Star Trek, is designed at its core to be this utopian idea where everybody is capable of getting along and people don't have to struggle to have their needs met. That's a goal for us but it was an idea of what happens when we hit that what can we do to better the universe when we hit that and what would we look like as a people if suddenly all our needs were met right if we had a magic slot in the wall that can produce what we need to get you know to get through the day uh or you know systems are designed that way and if we got there by working with other people wouldn't we share that with everyone else saying, hey, we have all this cool stuff that we're willing to share so long as you agree to some principles about how we share it, right? that That's really what the Federation at its core is, is more or less about, is we have cool stuff, we want you guys to have cool stuff, but we have some rules about how we share our cool stuff. Right. We're not going to get five-year-olds we- phasers. Right. Um
2: so you know but other than that you're allowed to do and be
1: what you want yes
2: right and and that was that was part of the implication was that like they already did try to give five-year-olds lasers and they learned from it right
1: and the the thing of it is the modern like kurtzman totally didn't get that message he totally did not get that the problems inside the federation have basically been solved right? That, you know, if we were living there, you know, Petey could have his own ship travel around if he wanted to, right? John could have uh, uh, his own farm somewhere, right? Um I could start my own little hippie commune on some little moon in the middle of nowhere if I wanted. That I'll come and bombard right?
0: because I feel like it.
1: Well, you know, whatever, right? <laughs> uh, you know, chances are you'd probably bombard it with like bombard party it with love.
2: <laughs> but not yeah. to, mention, not to but mention that, like, the farms they're growing—even they're not for food. No, like, they're for uh, fun. Picard's brother—it's a wine farm, so that he can, you know, get it's back wrong. to the old roots. But he's not. Also, got corn growing in the background. You never talked about it.
1: No, I you know? mean, like, you want to bet that there's like a bunch of guys that kind of got together and was like. You know they were like in high school or whatever and said dude what you know what would be cool we should grow or we should grow the stuff to make whiskey and just make whiskey right mm-hmm. and you know like the five of them got together made some proposal and bam they're whiskey farmers now right like you know that's the kind of stuff that would happen in this universe and you know and they get along because they're not fighting over who makes more money because it doesn't matter right like if they're if they were having an argument over who makes more money, it would be like arguing over a game of Monopoly. Like they they you know, they've grown out of it, right? And that's the point. And that's what Kurtzman forgets about Trek. I feel like that's what Will Wheaton forgets about Trek. I don't like Will Wheaton anymore. I did like him when he was just talking about board games and the things he enjoyed about it. But he went really political, and when he did that, he lost me because even if I share some of his political feelings, the mi- politics is like male genitalia. It's I'll- great to have it, but when you shove it in- down somebody's throat, that becomes a problem unless they consent to it. And uh, that's what Will Wheaton has done.
0: Fan mail uh, from Citizen Wayne says he agrees with you pretty much. Um, I'm summarizing, and and that's just it. You know, it's it's not about having. What political views? You shouldn't even. The thing is, politics is a fickle mistress. You make friendships and break them because of politics. You're gonna find yourself in a very lonely corner, and you're gonna find yourself with a group of people that are only gonna care about you until either the cause is fulfilled or they find out you said some. You you said uh, the bundle of sticks word on Twitter ten years ago. So it's not a it's not a stable relationship mechanic. And I'm gonna close this segment out simply by saying that. I'm guilty of it too, okay? What I got impassioned about earlier in the, in the broadcast, I am, not, uh, I am not perfect by any means. And I have made those mistakes and I have forgotten what it means to be a fan of Star Trek at times. And so, yes, there's times where I've had blow ups on people that I wish I could take back and that I do try to be better on. And so that's, you know, when I say I invite people to the show, it's not going to be like, you know, some sort of Fox News nonsense where we yell at each other and then you scream you're wrong and you get off my show. I don't ever want to have that kind of discussion. In fact, I'd like it to stay like this type of pace, this type of talking, because here's the thing, guys. My opinions don't right the world. My opinions aren't absolute. And if I have wrong opinions on stuff, then we need to talk through them. And same. But that's a two way street, though. You have to come from it from a place of willing to accept that, you know what? It's okay to be wrong. And I might be wrong on things. I can be wrong. And I'm okay with that. That is what it is. It's part of being human. So finally, uh, Citizen Wade says, "I just find him insincere. I don't even pay attention to his politics, and that's you know, and that's a whole another, that's a deeper core issue about the man's character, and that could be said for all of us. You know, it's, it doesn't matter what your politics are. It also depends on, okay, are you saying politics to just say it, to get along, or what are your convictions? It's really <laughs> it's down to but." We're going to move on from, from Star Trek. I'm sure we'll have enough to discuss about it next week. Um, I'm already going to put out a video probably this week about how not to write a first season. It's a good example. Transitioning to Greener Pastures, The Orville. Let's just bask one second in its... First, great. First, first I already I already transitioned.
1: I see transition. what you did there. I see what you did there. That was an excellent job. I applaud you and I celebrate you. But i see what
0: you did there. sorry i thought you said uh i thought you said uh i got one thing left so i misheard you my bad but
1: uh no no what are you saying i no. did the let's transition to ah, Orville. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, I, I see what you did there button. yeah the orville continues to come in strong it is the star trek speaking of star trek that's actually star trek and nuanced and really well written uh this week's episode of the orville really just just after the previous weeks was excuse me last week's episode sorry it gets confusing being a tuesday show now i apologize so the previous episode which was episode five tale of two tapas uh honestly guys i episode one and two of the orville season one you know i I watched them like all right i can see where this goes we hit episode three, which is where the issue that that this episode talks about came up, that was the moment that the show won me. That was when it went from, oh, yeah, this is just, you know, Family Guy in Space, fun entertainment, to, oh, wow, thought-provoking, and I really have to actually think about this stuff, because it doesn't address the whole transgender topic directly, it just kind of took it and created a scenario that was just something, that was something to think about, and very thought-provoking. Um, the best line in the show, in my opinion, and obviously they still kept true to it, was when at the very end, when Bordas gives uh, gives young Tapa the Rudolph off and says, "We will love Tapa regardless," that that's just Bordas, is father figure of the year in sci-fi, in my opinion. Um, I, I think he's he's take the cake. And Banga was coming close, but he got released of his responsibility, so he doesn't count anymore. And uh, uh, the old man is definitely suspect. But right now, Bortus is probably the strongest, uh, probably one of the strongest male protagonists on on modern shows, and is is he just shines through this episode, and and everyone does. Even Clyden, the actor who played Clyden, well done, excellent performance. Sorry, yeah. you got to be hated I, so much. You are doing a great job.
2: I hate Clyden more than I have at any point in this show, and it is only because the actor acts with such passion yeah. that he. It feels like the actor truly believes everything they're saying in context of the show, in the setting, and in, in, in not even in a, like, you don't hate him because he's trapped in a world he doesn't understand with people that don't understand him. It's that he's the only person unwilling to try. And oh, oh. every single time he feels like his religious conviction matters, he is like, yeah, he, he gets attacked by the ship, but like the ship doesn't attack him in a normal sense. They go, we would like to talk to you about your feelings and stuff like that. And he's like, I don't want to talk about my feelings. They are.
1: Yeah. Like, honestly, this is, and this is uh, a textbook example of loving the player, but hating the game. Right. Cause yeah. this is, this is an actor who, you know, it's hard to play the bad guy. And this is a person that, this is an actor that did a, an amazing job. Like, yeah, and
0: to, to add to your point real quick, Corio, Louise Fletcher, who played um, Kai Wynn in Deep Space Nine, she even got death threats in the because yeah, that's like, how good she was. And that's oh, so... But she is apparently just one of the greatest people to ever sit down and she, have a conversation with.
1: From what I've been told, she's sweetest uh, as Cherry Pie, but um played an amazing space Karen probably the best
0: um, villain in Star Trek in my opinion it's between her and oh, Gul Dukat
1: but yeah no Gul Dukat takes the cake okay Gul Dukat is is you, you know, know
0: maybe they maybe they would have to split the trophy though because they're they just they're so bad and they're oh okay we're getting into so yeah. to Orville Orville. <laughs> Orville okay so <laughs> this
1: is gonna be a DS9 show here real quick <laughs> so Orville listen um I would, also, I would also give serious props to everybody who was involved in the Isaac playing doctor scene. Because that is a scene that could have been played terribly by any other cast. But having Isaac standing there and just flat out being, No, you will not harm this child any further. And I will resist this and you will not hurt this kid was a show of you know for an uh, for an unfeeling android there was a lot of love and a lot of fatherly protection there so while you know while i definitely agree bordus gets father of the year the runner-up is isaac godfather of the year
0: godfather well, of the year yeah. the let's, let's go funniest thing
2: because he's godfather declares a, kids too i didn't see isaac as a father figure in that moment I saw him as the truest form of a doctor. Yeah. You are 100% wrong, patient's Parent. And as much as you and your beliefs are gonna try to motivate you to do something that I know is wrong, I'm bigger, better, and I won't humiliate you for it. I'm just going to end it, and you're gonna lose because I'm a Kalon killing machine right. right and that but like that it, to me he felt like what a professional is supposed to be in a situation where a parent and a child are concerned if you know for a fact the parent is wrong stand stand hard and stand correct and and that's he how you're supposed to do it
1: and he 100 percent knew that he was saving a life here right and it mm-hmm. wasn't that it was you know, a, a threat of, you know, some monster of the week trying to kill this kid. It was if they didn't do something to help this kid, this kid was going to die. The kid well, would he, find a way.
2: Yeah, and That, that was just a great part of the show is they took the time that he literally was like, I'm reporting that I heard suicidal thoughts coming from a child and I'm only reporting it because I'm required to. I'm an unfeeling robot. I don't know how important this person is to anybody but i'm required to report this conversation type and that again just pure professional like he oh yeah did everything by the numbers and that's why the numbers exist if you talk when you think you hear somebody talking about suicide to somebody who can do something about it you might save a life yeah
1: i i think that's also a takeaway that you know everybody in the audience should take away too look if you hear somebody having those kind of dark thoughts make sure they get help okay yeah absolutely please okay i'm asking please do that right personal request
0: uh, you know try to try to put some kind of care into it handing someone a card for the suicide hotline it's. If, if it's you,
1: impersonal. You've got to. You've
0: got to hand them the card. You got to say, "Look, I want to try and help you through this. These guys, they're gonna be better suited to handle your situation it's... because I got my own bills to pay." But yeah, I, I mean, that's that's.
2: I think, I think that's a misconception about the suicide hotline, and I get it because it is a phone number. But everything I've experienced with people that work at the suicide hotline, they are the friend you're looking for when you're in that hardest time if you want somebody that wants to talk you out of a problem they're the ones that will talk to you the way you want to be talked to they even receive receive texts like if you're like me and you hate phone calls but you want to text somebody about your emotional issues they're the people that will do it and they're not going to judge you they're not going to chase you down they're not going to even get to know you past the conversation unless you keep calling back and that's something everybody... Yeah, see, Corion
0: was getting a call from him right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm already... I'm getting calls like that right now. Yeah.
0: Now, uh, but that's my point, John, and that's why I'm glad you said that because that's exactly what I wanted you to say was because it's... it's you want to make sure, you know, if you do care, you got to make it sound like you care. And they do. They <laughs> absolutely do. They're coached, not just coached you and, and trained to it. Sure, that's their job, but at the same time, they don't go into a job like that someone does not pick up a profession like that <laughs> scrolling through indeed going uh oh talk people out of suicide yeah i might need that for myself um they're actually genuine they give a shit. they actually want and, to help because and that's as for their the
2: coaching calling. part their coaching is more on what not to say like yeah, more they on don't not want being to take exactly. you down a path well they don't want to, they don't want you to take you down a path towards the goal that you are trying to prevent right so yeah if you think they're coached and that like they just know how to say the empathetic line, it's like no. Now, these are people that get skilled. Just need they five take magic words and I can learn get them to, to buy be the good. get them to buy the extended yeah, it's, warranty. It's not that kind of coaching. It is coaching in terms of what to never say to a person who calls a suicide hotline.
0: Yeah, and I just realized how my, my sort of joke ended up being extremely morbidly appropriate. Because that's basically what they're trying to get you to do is buy the extended warranty on life. And you know what? You should. I've lost too many friends to to the suicide and I hate it. And, and that's and why I'm
2: such a champion yeah. for the suicide hotline. Because I've actually had friends saved by it. Yeah, And,
0: and you have more account and, for that than I
1: do. And I will say this. Um, even if the, uh, the hotline isn't necessarily your thing. Look, there are other professionals out there. Um, I don't know a... Spiritual leader in existence that even if you're not particularly a believer in their faith, won't sit and listen and talk to you and try to help you out of a situation. It doesn't, speaking as somebody in that field, it doesn't matter to us what you believe in at that point. You're in crisis. Your life matters. And that's what we do. Okay. So anytime,
2: reach out. Now, and we mean that from the bottom of our heart. Your life matters
0: yeah and yep. you know what i'm gonna reiterate what i said on the july 4th special because i think it, it's it's related here you know the the the, the 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 decision to declare independence came down to john adams who was pushing for it and then john hancock being the deciding vote in a tie break two people are the whole reason that we're even able to do this show right now so if you think you're that instant you're not you can make a world of difference in your existence whatever that may be you matter and we do care about your life. It all, all life is sacred. Some life is tasty and sacred. But in, re, in retrospect, all life is sacred. And we do try to give it. Yeah, we're making jokes, but some of us are coping. Uh, so no, back to the Orville, which does do a great job yeah. of dealing with this stuff. Like I said, episode one, I felt came on a little too strong for this very reason. But.
1: You know what, though? If, if we were sitting there in the writer's room and we knew we wanted to do this episode laying the groundwork in episode one really does make sense. I am convinced. Yeah, so the fact that they put this together the way they did, kudos. Also, dude, the fact that the entire ship realized the situation and got together and basically tried to create a smokescreen for everybody involved. You know, that shows a community pulling together, which happens. Right? I mean can you think of a better um, example of you know North American culture at all than somebody's in trouble we hear about it we all do what we can to do it even if it is just agreeing to go to a concert to listen to you know an alien sing human songs right like we do that in a heartbeat I I still want
0: my heart will go on Bordis. My, my heart will go on wanting to hear my heart will go on
1: you see I want him to do something you know what I want him to do I want him to do can't touch this that's what I want he can do in, that too MC Escher I, I, I want MC, Garb. yeah yeah like I want him in MC Hammer parachute pants doing yeah, MC you know, Hammer, right? yeah yeah do, doing doing, can't touch this like, well top can know, do this song can't change this now right um, you know uh, I mean, now, granted, having Borda sing It's Raining Men would also be amazing. <laughs> Appropriate! Wouldn't it? Like, <laughs> wouldn't it just be the greatest thing ever?
0: It's like, raining fact- men. Hallelujah, it's raining men. I actually like this song. It works for my culture. I think this is gonna be our new national anthem.
1: Okay, you realize, Petey, you've just made the highlight reel with that one. Like, When we do like a year in review, that's going on. (laughs) Well, you
0: know, since I quit smoking seven years, not seven years. I smoked for seven years. I quit in 2018. I've noticed that my singing voice actually isn't as crappy as it used to be. Yeah. I've Um, probably exhausted all swear words for the next year for this show.
1: Oh, well. But, you know, and I mean, the fact that we had an alien culture, like we actually did visit a strange new world. Um, you know that had a, a very a very Indiana Jones ish temple of doom. I was
2: so frustrated that that was the background to this episode because those are my favorite stories right now: ancient aliens, that kind of stuff. I just love. Yeah, I, I, it's my favorite meme. That dude is so funny looking, and that. Meme yeah, you know,
0: just... I, I saw the meme before I actually heard the guy speak, and I, I just, I, I was never so never
2: actually off by by him. heard him speak. <laughs> yeah i've only ever seen the meme dude
1: you've got to sit down and watch a couple of episodes with this guy um like the show the fact that it's on history and not the comedy network i'll never understand
0: well i gotta give credit he is well spoken and he does pose a lot of good thought provoking theories like he's not out there trying to sell you his his merchandise he's actually He's actually invested in this stuff. It's his lifestyle. Like, he's got, he doesn't just have ancient aliens. He's got his own other shows and stuff that he hosts. So,
1: I know, but at some point, you and I I will have to have the ancient alien debate because this is, there there are so many great, like, simple things I can point to where I'm like, what the hell? But anyway, um, yeah, I I love that the B plot is the Temple of Doom. Right? (laughs) Um, You know, and, and it was played for humor too, right? Um, and I thought that was great. I actually...
2: The Isaac cheat code? Isn't that every freaking player of Tomb Raider's dream? Right. Is to be able to just stand on the trap and not care? And,
1: and tank it? Yeah. Right? Like, there, there were some great moments there. Um, And the fact that, like I said, that was the B plot. Like, they really packed this episode in. And... I love the idea that we have a character that is going to be our, our I don't know, our academy student POV character going forward. Mm. Yeah. Because I, at the end of the I, day, I, we don't actually know a lot about the inner structure of how the union works. We're all mm-hmm. like head cannoning it that it's very similar to the Federation, but we don't know for certain. So it's right. it's a potential interesting journey we could go on. Yeah, how nice, having... would it be, how nice would it be to have
0: admiral plots where the admiral isn't, you know, super evil and has nefarious <laughs> purposes? That they're all genuinely right. good at their job?
1: Well, we, we had that, See, that last the... episode where well, we had yeah, we competent had admirals. With the... well, no, I we just
2: had it with the, the admiral on this ship where yeah. she legitimately is like, you broke all of the rules correctly. Yeah. You did it exactly the only way you could have done it, and I'm glad I was so specific on the p- part about Union Officer. No. You well, found the loophole.
1: Yeah, like, you know, she she had to yell... Like, I am sure she was ordered to discipline the Captain and the First Officer. No. No. And she, that's she, she that's gave the part. them a, 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 a... Well, I'm willing to bet it was like she gave them a right, proper, you know, stern talking to because she was probably ordered
2: to. That's the thing, though. That's what I don't think about it. Like, she was such a good admiral because every admiral knows that even when your troops break rank correctly, you need to reprimand them. Yep. And that's what she did. It felt like it was her job to do it, but she also took the time to go and tell Miss Topa, I wish her all the best. Yep. Like, I I feel like the talk or the talking to was just admiral's job she knew she had to do it no matter what but she took the time to add that piece in there because she knew that they did the right thing but she could never say it per her rank and so that's why she that was more of the motivation to go chew him out was like you need to be chewed out but i also need to tell you thank you
1: exactly like
0: don't do it again amazing by the way you're great
1: exactly like that, that's basically what it was right was I, I'm i you know so that when I report into you know the head of the union when he asks you know did you discipline them she can 100% say oh yeah they got the message right without you know so she's not breaking the rules either right everybody mm-hmm. got their appropriate level of, of you know uh, dressing down But let's be honest, if that admiral had truly wanted to, uh, you know, to discipline them properly, they would have been, you know, promoted to some ice planet in the middle of freaking nowhere. Right. That that's not what happened here. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, like they they weren't sent to Slough House, you know, like it was just the the, you know, the the official enough, you know, chewing out that they can continue on but everybody knows what exactly where they stand.
2: Just based off of like Canon, even from the episode, like the, the trial, they were able to pull it up in the holodeck. So part of me thinks that like, she's not going to have to report to the union officer, but the union officer can double check to see if he, if she did properly reprimand them. And he you know pulls out the holiday and goes, yep. She said everything exactly as the book tells her to. And it's like, It's not necessarily that it's gonna happen or we will ever see it happen it's just that like there is enough canon to show us that like when there's three in a room there's a recording yeah even when there's one in most cases
1: right i mean and you know we could even you know accurately guess that you know everything that happens on a ship is probably recorded somewhere right we can probably make that uh that guess and assume it's probably correct
2: no yeah, and that, that would actually be a really fun thing for them to, like, take us through the process of the union in terms of, like, their privacy laws. Mm-hmm. Because there seems to be a lot of respect for privacy, but it doesn't seem like they actually have any.
0: Yeah, you're, you're bringing up one of the paradoxes of Star Trek that they don't really address. You know, uh, computer, where is so-and-so? So-and-so is located no here. And we at the Federation, we respect privacy. Uh... No, I, I don't know what you guys define as privacy exactly but it's clearly not the definition that most modern <laughs> americans have
2: <laughs> yeah well yeah. i mean i, I imagine like in space or in in the military you're supposed to ro- report into your you know your so so that way that they can tell anybody that needs to know
1: oh uh, yeah, yeah like that's I, the reason they come up with it. I, I would imagine that the way it works is Certain inquiries are only allowed based on either some sort of relationship or rank. Um, like, I, I would imagine that if, like, you know, some ensign that's primarily responsible for cleaning out uh, wherever the, um, the, wherever Yafik goes after he goes, uh, probably can't ask the computer where the captain is at any one time. Right, I would imagine that's probably how it works, but conversely, the captain can probably find out where anybody is when they need when he needs to. And mm-hmm. that's how I imagine I, it would probably work.
2: I get the vibe that it's a lot more open. I feel like the thing that with privacy is like a lot of a lot of privacy as we know it in modern times is more just about like what shameful things can I do? Yeah. without right. ever being narked on. Alright, uh, late,
0: late but not forgotten. Let's welcome
3: Brandon to the show.
2: Brandon, Brandon hey,
0: give hey. us your quick thoughts on Orville, then we gotta move on to the old man.
3: Uh, Orville, or the Orville episode. Oh, I-, I liked it a lot. Um, I thought it was interesting. It was an interesting way to touch on that topic. Um, as far as I'm concerned. It was a, it was an interesting way to go about doing that, and I wasn't surprised by the fact that it was Bordas who gave the password. I ki- like, it kind like I kind of made sense to me.
2: Um, I thought it was the doctor because Kelly told the doctor No, that and that's, she had that's fair. That was good misdirection. So like, yeah, I I didn't
3: I didn't inherently think it was him, but I wasn't it wasn't like. Then again, I don't think it was supposed to be either. To be fair, but I, I wasn't like my mind wasn't blown when it was. Mortis was like, I did that, but like at the well, same time, it reasoning I don't for think it, it was never. I I don't think it was ever supposed to be a like my like a mind-blowing twist. Just a small twist uh, that helps sink in the the fact that to show what this man has stated the whole time, like from the get-go, like after seeing. Rudolph the Red nosed Reindeer like of all things uh, he has been on the boat of like let them be them and uh, I really liked the clever uh, way the the, um, Isaac's position of or what he his way of dealing with the situation of like I'm not technically an officer nor am I technically the crew i'm kind of just allowed to be here and so i can kind of do whatever the fuck i want or whatever i want and what's gonna happen they dismantle me like (laughs) like i know no one really has jurisdiction over me i just kind of exist and i'm allowed to be here uh which i was kind of glad that happened because i was worried i was like are we about to lose the doctor like (laughs) that's not gonna be great um trying to think because i was thinking about the other episodes on the way home
2: Oh, you especially... were you thinking about how the orville did strange new worlds episode eight better than strange new worlds episode eight did strange new
3: worlds episode eight Wh- which one was episode eight again
2: right the last episode is episode eight so no strange last new one worlds was nine did aliens versus predators nine. nine nine so nine episode nine how did alien versus predators plus predators and yeah, aliens are the same thing, it, it, and then Orville did that two episodes ago, and they did it better and correctly. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. nobody's uh, ever, nobody's ever met this are race, you, you and their the entire Gorn? area is black. Are you, like, are you talking about the touching. Gorn episode? Yeah. We're, we're not, I'm sorry, we, we've already, I
0: mean, we've already covered guess, the Gorn episode, so let's just please keep Yeah, let, going. Let, let, I have not.
1: <laughs> I know yeah, but let's, um, let's move on because if not we're going to be on the I'm going to rant
0: the, again and it's not going to be pretty I guess I, I was going to say so it's going to be a six wrecks. hour show and we're going to be and you're allowed yeah. to like the things I don't so it's all good yeah
3: that's why when I saw your post uh, earlier I was like oh well me and you have very different takes I can see that's clear <laughs> damn like I was definitely sad uh, nice frustrated that, with the ending a little bit not yeah. for quality reasons just because that was my favorite character like, that was everybody's favorite character. Yeah, it was like yeah, it was I that thing of like I think the just died with him. I was like, it was the thing of like, I was like, uh, like I appreciate what you've done as a storytelling point, but I hate you because that was my favorite character on the ship. Oh, the mixed emotions on this one. <laughs> like, uh, but honestly, like, I was weirdly looking forward to the Star Trek episode, and I liked it. But I... Orville, um, I liked it. I thought it was interesting in a lot of ways um I'm trying to think of how to word some of that um i mean orville hasn't really i wouldn't say terribly disappointed me at any point yet um i was curious though i will say in regards i forget their name but uh Bortis's spouse i was Clyden. curious Clyden um what they would do and i i i feel like he is going to use this clitus leave Clyton leaving clitus Clyton leaving like he has done many many things in the show he's gonna wait a while and that's eventually gonna come back full circle like yeah just I like mean, everything else he does it's too good of a setup to not
1: yeah, like hmm. Clyden leading a group of deprogrammers seems like a thing mm-hmm. that's gonna happen.
3: Clyden leading like uh,
2: just this hostile group. I see Clyden going and taking out the uh, the female leader now. Well, like that's good. like like that would be the full circle, you know? Like the next call we get with Clyden is them. Having like they're like going to save her because she's having an emergency distress beacon, right? And they arrive, and there's Clyden sieging wherever that, she's at. That could be. That's cool. kind of where I see it going.
1: Or you know, the other way it could go too, which I think would be also really interesting, is Clyden goes full 180.
2: Mm. Spe- request, Realizes because that Clyden most hasn't of Clyden's yet.
3: Yeah. most of Clyde's issues is mostly out of resentment and not understanding where it comes from.
1: Also cool. that Clyden is kind of, well, like, in a weird way, Clyde, Clyden is kind of closeted because he had this oh. reassignment surgery as well, right? Yeah, and kind of, forced
2: like... to believe it. Like, like, he is forced to accept that he doesn't belong in the universe without this surgery and has spent all of his life knowing about inadequate. it. Yeah. yeah. And now even in the time where he could have, you know, done the 180, he didn't. And now his whole family like they still love him, but he hates them. And like yeah, you could really see like a spiritual journey where he goes and realizes that like his hatred isn't for them. It's for the fact that they, he knows that they would accept him the moment he's ready. And he just can't let himself be ready cuz yeah, it's, it's the that, rest so of his life that he's that never been accepted. Yeah. yeah.
3: Of like, everything
1: like, I'm thinking about, um, you know, because we were talking about Deep Space Nine, right? I'm thinking about that like weird one eighty Ducat did where he's like, you know, he was all like, you know, pro Cardassia, pro Dominion and whatnot. And then there's that shift where he has that mental break, and suddenly he's trying to be the Antichrist, right? And I- I'm sitting there going, like, we could totally see Clyden do a shift like that. And that would be amazing too.
3: I would also say, uh, I was re- so one thing I was curious about is when uh, Chief Medical Doctor Lady went down to talk to Isaac, and Isaac responded with, "I didn't do it for I forget child's name." Um, oh, Topa, Topa, name of the episodes two Topas. Um, hey, it's all good. Man. So one thing I uh, that I ki- I saw, but I, it kind of surprised me was. When he hit the next line, he said, I thought he was going to go one way. And then it went like similar direction, but not quite the way I was expecting.
1: You 100% the... thought she was, he was going to say, I did it for you.
3: Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> where I thought that was going. A thousand percent. And you like... know what? That was
1: the subtext. Like that was 100% the subtext of the whole oh, thing. Oh, yeah. He only yeah. volunteered when she volunteered. Yeah. And I 100% he was... believe it, it was to save her career.
3: Yeah, because then he loses her, and that comes back. That comes back around to my the theory I've had for a long time of like Isaac has emotion, but doesn't understand it. It would be like it, it. It's almost like if you took Spock and put him like deep down the road of of the you know the no emotion thing, but like also if he was under the perception that his race couldn't feel emotion at all, not just that they like suppress it and try to remove it, but that just wasn't capable and then slowly had this decline of like, like kind of like what we've been watching him do, but with, but on the end of like, not thinking that that's even possible. And which changes your perspectives and reaction to things. So like, that was awesome because I always weirdly liked them as a couple. Like it was just the weirdest couple that I I kept shipping the hell out of. I was just like, I need this to return because (laughs) it was always interesting to watch like i was observing isaac observed the relationship
2: that's what i find really funny because i think i think seth mcfarland figured it out and he's working it on writing it out Mm -hmm. but i think he figured out how to prove that even if we get general intelligent uh, artificial intelligence that it will still understand and have access to emotions yeah. and i think he's trying to find a way to prove that like emotion can be evaluated as like a function graph and that's what he's demonstrating with isaac is he's taking isaac's taking the time to actually learn the graph
3: I, I would and also, he's getting closer to it i'd also make the, the weird point of out of all the couples to date on this on that show they are hands down the most stable couple out of everyone. Even most with Isaac constantly not uh, yeah, even with Isaac constantly not under, like faux-poe all the time, foot and mouth, like still most stable and functional relationship aboard the ship. That's like, s- without communication's <laughs> easy with him. It's yeah, easy it to communicate feelings.
0: Exactly. Yeah. See, I was Honest. thinking that
1: was an opening for a joke about a battery-operated boyfriend, but
3: <laughs> also fair, 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 fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. No, yeah, I was. I, I liked the episode. It wasn't. It wasn't anything like. Okay, so I shouldn't say it wasn't anything crazy because, in a sense, the topic that he touched on was a pretty wild topic. Like that was bold. That was a. That could have. That could have. That was one of those things that, that would have been really easy, easy to have go a direction that causes lots of issues. And he handled it well, I think. And it was interesting it to see the way the he dealt with it. it.
2: Huh? He hasn't killed the spirit of the show while dealing no. with this. No, nope, he hasn't. He, hasn't even, he didn't take the time to like, retcon the, the spirit just so that he could deal with this. Like, he mm-hmm. literally took the time to deal with it in the world according to the world that he wrote and that just to me it goes to show like if you listen to a lot of comedians like i do a lot of them are like oh comedy's dead it's under risk and censorship and all this stuff and it's like no the reality is bad writing's dead if if you can't get your point across clearly and effectively if you can't paint an image that allows people to question their reality based off of your painting then you did it wrong that's it. Oh, and that's th- he's proving that you can talk about these things that are legitimately dividing our nation.
0: Not just our nation, but the about entire world.
1: Oh yeah, and, and yeah. you know, I'm gonna say this. This is the second episode in a row that has seemed unbelievably timely mm-hmm. on his part, especially given that he wrote them what, like a year or two ago? Uh,
3: uh yeah. The Pre-COVID. Been, right? Uh, remind me just cause I watched I watched so many episodes yesterday. In fact I kept forgetting it was Fourth of July. I you have no idea how much show I watched yesterday. What was the episode before last again? Oh, that was the one where they went to the Krill Homeworld. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, because that was the right? one that I was actually caught up on. Yeah, that's right. Yeah.
1: Man. And you know, so we've got dude, they're they're being ridiculously timely. I'm now at the point where I'm serious That was nice. Yeah. Um <laughs> I'm actually at the point where trying if to a smooth. third one, like this, oh, dude, I'm gonna w- wonder who gave him the
3: crystal ball, oh, like, dude. That's what we're at the point of, right? That would be that would be dangerous too, because then you're in like triple threat territory of like if you if this if this succeeds, dude, gold. If it fails, you've crumbled all of them. Like it it, it it's like.
2: But see, it makes me think I mean, of when I was in writing. high
3: school me and a girlfriend were laying there and we hi- like full body high-fived each other and it was success- successful so we did it again because we were half asleep and thought it was funny third time around we just slapped the hell out of each other we completely missed and slapped each other in the face and we both laid there and we're like yeah, we're not no. doing that no more alright any any bad quick decision.
0: <laughs> any quick final thoughts as we gotta move on
3: no that's, yeah. uh, I, good. I
0: really good like and it. I'm looking forward to next week yeah yeah, moving on now to my other favorite segment right after the Orville is of course the old man which uh, continues to slow burn which is fine I don't need fast paced action all the time this episode was actually yeah, its fairly dry overall but but I think we did a lot of character development points certainly an unexpected twist at the end Did not think that that was going to happen but uh, I'll uh, just go around the room guys what do you say? guys is still liking the old man I still am liking the old man
1: well, I mean, I, I, I basically blitzed the the four episodes of The Old Man pretty much, like, today. And, um, you know, I'm digging it. I get it. Um, it's a solid series. I feel like we're getting, like, a, a James Bond meets The Fugitive kind of thing. But, like, you know, uh, with a bunch of older dudes involved. And, you know, I'm super curious to see where you know what the end goal of this whole thing is and i'm also super curious to see the point behind zoe being brought Mm. in right because i mean i get that we wanted to to ground a couple of characters and anchor the plot a little bit but it feels like since she's been dragged along for the ride she's done anything but anchor anything right like yeah she she's 100% now this complete fish out of water and I mean I don't know I've seen enough shows that I'm like so worried she's gonna wind up being like Jamie Lee Curtis's character in true lies and just like accidentally wind up getting it like into stupid situations I'm worried she, about that
3: now
2: that's the kind of thing though that makes her make sense because like as far as getting dragged along on this journey she's us like we automatically from episode one were pretty much enthralled with jeff bridges exciting yeah new yeah life.
0: I'm, I'm sorry I got and a, i got a the, hard disagree well, with that, me that me assessment me up, oh, no no i can't i on. can't i gotta say i'm not gonna divorce jeff bridges sorry i can't i can't agree with that i'm that character because i'm not gonna divorce jeff bridges <laughs> <laughs> sorry john i couldn't resist.
2: wait I, zoe, i'm hearing wedding bells man wait, is, uh, <laughs> zoe i, love I thought zoe dude. was the uh was the new girl the girl that just showed up, or the one in the house, not the hu- yeah. wife. The wife died of cancer. Yeah. So Jeff Bridges hasn't or divorced no, no, this girl The wife yet.
0: No. died of some Did mental
1: he... disease.
3: Yeah, uh, yeah she... huntington.
0: yeah. There.
2: Right. No, so, I'm talking so about I'm talking about Zoe. Friend, yeah. she's,
0: she's fake divorcing fake Jeff Bridges' alias. That's what she threatened him with at the end of the episode was, was you either include Great. me in your plans or I'm taking half your shit. And and right. that's what I was getting at was I no I'm not I'm not that character no, I'm fair. not divorced okay. Jeff Bridges that was my so, point but I'm fair. sorry it was a stupid that's joke it, that no. really got no because I thought
2: I, no mind. I totally thought that we were talking about the wife suddenly being alive no. and I was like wait that didn't happen did it I don't no. remember that no so, like, okay. sorry I'm uh, sorry that's no so, my bad. no so so Zoe being dragged along in this instance the whole like analogy I'm painting is is she literally is a normie she has been living the life she chose and she joined the trip. He said, don't, he said you can leave, but he also said like, I want you there. Like that to me, like she really truly represents how stupid a lot of people are. Like a lot of people think they want to do GI Joe stuff until they learn what GI Joe stuff really is. And then they're really grateful that other people are paid to do G.I. Joe stuff. (laughs) And she wholly is representing all of that in one person. And that's why I love her as a person. Like, like she, she, even her going off and doing stupid stuff. I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't trust anybody that hasn't actually trained in the CIA to know what this CIA guy is about to do. Okay. But I'm just saying
1: if she drops a Mac 10 down a flight of stairs and kills 20 (laughs) dudes,
3: I'm out. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, that that uh, fair, fair enough. I don't know the true lies reference entirely, it. but I do see I her I being know a exactly
3: what he's talking about cuz I watched pretty much all of Arnold Schwarzenegger's repertoire way too many times. Uh, my dad at one point owned all of Arnold Schwarzenegger's repertoire and I mean all of it. Um I so... just wish watching Arnold
0: Schwarzenegger would make my body turn into his.
3: Yeah, I mean that would be cool. <laughs> um so, I'll be honest So, last night, I watched the old man for the first time. I got all the way but... take coming in. Yeah, so, I actually didn't finish the most recent episode. I got most of the way through before I had to step away because it was already almost 1am. And I had to go to bed. So, I have a couple thoughts. First, I will say I do like the show. And it's a thousand percent a slow burn. Holy hell, it's a slow burn. Um, at times aggravatingly slow. Um, and I will I will say, in my opinion, you guys overhyped the hell out of the show for me. Um, I like it. i oh, sorry, but it was way overhyped. Um, I definitely went in it with one impression, and then very quickly realized like, oh, okay, I see where this is actually gonna go for me here. Like, don't get me wrong, I do enjoy the show. But I could not, in good faith, after watching the four episodes, I think it's four episodes that I watched. Yeah. Three and a half, whatever it is. And watching Star Trek, say, next week, I'd be looking more forward to that than Star Trek. Okay. I've actually, Star Trek is actually being a late game thing for me. I've actually liked it more now than when we started. To be fair, though, going into it, minimal as far as star trek's concerned star trek was always a thing i figured i would like i just never sat and watched and i am enjoying this show so like actually sitting and watching it i am able to actually digest the show and i do like the strange new worlds um i definitely don't dislike the old man dog you need to chill well okay so i think personally right i mean
1: I do like the old man. I will disagree with something you guys said, though. Okay? Because when I specifically called out, you know, I don't know, I could buy John Lithgow um, being the same character as he played in Footloose. You guys were like, no, no, no. No, this is John Lithgow's character from Footloose as well. So... Hmm. See, I don't, I don't
3: remember that time. character well enough yeah.
1: to... <laughs> confession time, I've never watched Footloose,
0: so
3: I just... I, I believe I have, oh, but I don't remember... a but e- even having said, I'm pretty positive I have. That does not mean I remember enough, or characters for that matter, to un- to get the reference. Fair um, enough.
2: Yeah, and, and when I say Footloose, I even though you say John Lithgow's in the original one, I still only think of the Randy Quaid, John Lithgow character <laughs> in the new version of Footloose. Fair enough. And that's why I just didn't Quaid. see like I, I didn't see Randy like... Quaid being this John Lithgow character in the old man i yeah, will say i i, I do I,
1: think though john lithgow's character to me is more in, is the most interesting of the characters we've i now.
2: actually agree
3: with you i i don't get me wrong they are all good i love uh well i'm forgetting. Jeff bridges god, jeff bridges character god my brain we don't I even know, know his Anto. real name either so that's okay yeah that's fair i will say an interesting thing for me was i thought at one point dude isn't it something
2: something it, lebowski
3: i did at one point think uh i didn't see uh that the fbi or whatever chick being being emily i didn't actually see that coming because after her giving the document saying emily uh the emily had hung herself years ago i at one point i started to wonder like is his character actually experiencing the mental decline he thought that he was worried he was and that he is imagining having these conversations and that this dude is way further in the deep end that we're at, than we're actually realizing like i was like i was getting excited i was like oh this is about to be real inception level stuff like emily's going to be fake which then brings in the question is zoe actually a real person or just another figment of his imagination out of his desperate need for companionship and then they made her real and i was like you just ruined all the fantastic (laughs) ideas i had for this show i was like i was like this is about to get wild and crazy because then you can go in the deep end of like what's real and not real at any given moment like you know john lithgow's character is real but like how much of the interactions you see of them are real interactions and are we seeing things just from uh lebowski's character Like I was like I was like this is gonna be wild because I like those kinds of I love that like just messing with everyone the viewer like I love that and then Emily was real and then they showed who it was and I won't lie I was like oh damn like I'll be honest you got me you got me good I don't know if you got me because of myself though or because of good writing. Or if I just took your writing and I went with it. Like I just I took off.
1: Well, if you take their writing
3: and go off, that's still good writing. That's true, that's fair. Like, I was I was super stoked, and then I was a little disappointed, though this though I will admit, it genuinely surprised me. I was like, oh, oh shit. Like, oh that's that's that was good. I was like, it's that's oh this this is oh so, okay okay so, where can we go with this
0: yeah so brandon the the cognitive mind games are still on the table they've already they seeded the that possibility it's just they might come up in a
3: different way it it is possible but like man it would have been especially if they just dragged out like those phone. because i was half expecting i'm not lying when she picked up the phone for no one to be there <laughs> like right? i was i was full blown like she's gonna Pick it up, and no one's going to be there. And she's going to be even more terrified because this man who just admitted to being some sort of crazy fugitive is talking to someone on the phone, and there's no one here. And now I have to play this phone call out because I don't know where things are going to go. Like, I was super stoked. And then it showed her, and I was like, oh, this went a different direction than I thought, but this is still a good direction. (laughs) Like, yeah, and when you
1: consider that, John Lithgow knows exactly who she is.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, like it's... that. That just adds more depth to this story. Yeah, right? man. It's it's so it's pretty wild. Like to me, out of all of I've watched so far, that was the best moment hands down for me. Was that was like the leading up thinking that and then that twist. I was like, okay, this is hands down my best moment so far. But it is like some of the fights I really liked that they were dragged out, showing like this is an aged man. I do appreciate that from like a choreo- uh, a fight scene choreographic standpoint of like this man's not as young as these dudes, but he's experienced, extremely experienced. Like, I love that moment of like, who are you? God, old man. Like, <laughs> like who is this
1: old man?
3: Like, well, I, his I, I dogs? Love,
1: yeah, I love that he, he makes up for the fact that he's a little slower by having the dogs.
3: Yo, oh, dude, right? those dogs, they'd be putting work. Like they be putting in so much work. For the record, for
1: the premiere of this show, did you know the dogs uh, actually showed up at the premiere with Jeff Bridges? Oh, dude! That, and they oh, were wearing cool. little—they were wearing little ties. Like it was great. That's super
0: dope. <laughs> did not I know won't that. I yeah, love the show awesome. even more.
3: <laughs> yeah. Like, but yeah, like that was that thing of like I kind of went in thinking one thing, and then I watched it, and I was like, okay. Like it was a bit, it was it was a, it was a little over hyped for me personally, but that's not to say it's a bad show. I like I want to make that clear. I don't think it's bad. I just was expecting a little more than what it is. It's a very slow burn. It's definitely one that I would rather. It's not a show I would want to watch ep- episodically, the way we have to. It is one that I would want to ah. binge watch through like a movie. Call it a day. And probably never watch it again. I'll be honest. Well, like, that's what I, would happen. I, yeah, I mean, like, I
1: do want some of the answers to the questions I've got right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. Like, why this this warlord needs them, like, wants him brought in alive. Yeah, we still I'm, don't know
0: the motivation.
1: I'm super, super uh, in the impression that it has everything to do with his wife. Yeah, and that like he, he wants to know where she's buried to visit him or something. Like it's going to be something would, uh,
3: obnoxious like that <laughs> at the end of this. Yeah, oh, this will be for just like I just want to go see her grave, and it's like, yeah. Why didn't you just say that? Like you could have left a memo. Like, well, um, but then, like, I, I I feel like it's probably a revenge standpoint of some sort for him stealing the wife. I feel
1: like, but, though, but that's that, that could be interesting. So easy. Right? Like, that's just such yeah. an easy cop-out. Like, I am it's aware. gotta be something weirder.
2: I bet you the reason I would Jeff be is some afraid stupid. of his mental decline is because the mental decline comes from the region and mm. this man is experiencing Ooh. the disease himself and he's waking up in the past still hunting Jeff.
3: That's...
0: Ooh, that would be good. Okay,
3: that, that, I'd buy that. That that could be interesting. I would I would prefer something, I would prefer like some weird, like some ridiculous and strange reason would honestly be better for me, or like what Dude, John I just would said could be really that good. But trust like... in
2: her name, and it's the last bit of money he has left. <laughs> yeah. So.
0: Yeah, no, I'm definitely looking forward to it. And, and I, I have like the slow burn, but I can understand it does take a little bit, and I see your point, Brandon. It, it this probably might have gone over better if it was one that, that released all at once instead of uh, mm. instead of that. So uh oh. It looks like I got ahead of ourselves on the scheduling. Sure. Why? That's a, a little weird here. I, I mean we talked uh, about we talked about Star Trek. Talked about uh we talked about Orville. We talked about the old man. Corrion, why don't you tell us about the 13th warrior? All right. Uh, if you guys are really down for that, let's do it. Yeah. Um, check the thumbnail. Once your video updates. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, surprise um, mother.
0: I've already used enough F- bombs for the. <laughs> all
1: right. Well, um, the 13th warrior is in my opinion, one of the best, um, Viking movies that we have ever gotten and probably because it's not 100% a viking movie. At the end of the day what it really it's the story of a a coming of age story for a man child for lack of a better term. Because we have the main character, a muslim dude who uh, fell in love with an official's wife and was promoted backwards to be the ambassador to a very far away land to get him out of the kingdom. And He's going to meet these people and it turns out that it's this group of Vikings. And the old king has just died and his son comes into power. And one went, and the day after his son comes into power, a call is put out by a neighboring, or well, by the, the homeland of these people that monsters have come back and are devouring people. So the decision is made by the wise woman that 13 13 men of the tribe, well, 12 men of the tribe and one man who is not of the tribe are going to go and and try to rescue these people. And it becomes this story of how this guy who really hadn't traveled out of his kingdom, who was like a professional poet and artist, not really a a useful person to, to his people, learns how to be a good man and how to be a useful person and what brothership and fellowship really actually means. And he does it with the most unlikely of people who he shares no culture with, but he learns to. Um, each of these Vikings is unique and has their own character arcs throughout this whole thing and their own moments of glory, for lack of a better term. Um, one of the things that I love about it, um, man who I deeply consider my brother. He was a, my roommate in, in college, um hey yeah we spent a lot of time together. You have a um,
0: you have a picture you can uh, share your screen with?
1: I can try. Let me just see if I can okay. bring Cuz
0: and uh, my... I'm sorry to interrupt, but this was actually the the motivation was cuz you put out a beautiful video and a, and a tribute to your friend and honestly I was like, you know what? I want to find out. I want to see this well, for myself and uh
2: go ahead, John. I I <laughs> you indirectly directly called us out in the video you said when you do something for somebody else that matters to them they'll do it in return and you that are shouldn't somebody be somebody was doing well no you were doing something for your friend and now we're doing something for ours oh thank you guys
1: give me one second i just want to find a picture of him by himself because yeah. yeah. Usually um, I, he's buried under women, so it, it takes a few minutes to find. In
0: your video, you asked us which character you most closely identify with, and I believe it's the it's the newly crowned uh, the newly crowned king, the David Gilmore looking guy. Uh, I can't remember his name. The, the one who oh, kills Bull-bye? the mother, yeah.
1: Bulli, uh, I will. To me, it wasn't was Bull-bye, it red beard? But I red it. See, because I thought it was Bovite
0: because... Uh... Because
2: I, I was trying to find the line. You said there was one line, and the only line that made any resonance to me was about the fighting. Don't let them see. like Because then they have to like spend all this sure, time being though. afraid of the unknown.
1: Uh, actually, for me, it was... Uh, the guy I always identified with is uh, when they go into the caves and they've got the plate mail and everyone's having to remove their breastplates... And he's the guy who goes, you'll have to kiss me for it. (laughs) Um, That is 100% my attitude. One. And there's a moment where he knows he's critically injured. He's not going to make it. And he stops and he goes, I think I've run far enough. Go. Right? That willingness to to sacrifice yourself for your friends. Today was a good day. Yeah, today was a good day. That always resonated with me. Now, my friend Tony here, as I said, it was very difficult to find a picture of him not buried in women. Um, Which, if you'll remember, the blonde from the movie is exactly that guy. (laughs) And, like I said, we all found the guy that we resonated with. And, uh, yeah, my brother, uh, Tony here, um, I think the picture perfectly illustrates the kind of guy he was. You know, we've got a, a skull made of you know cute little white cats and that's
2: that that's
1: exactly
0: his attitude <laughs> no, that, shirt, that shirt that's is fantastic so awesome. that's yeah. fantastic for me um believe it or not i actually felt that i closely related to in, in this movie i actually felt i related to the 13th warrior um there's many times and john and, and brandon i'm sure you guys will relate to to this um fish out of water well, that's in the military. You are a fish out of water every time you change your duty station. There were many times in my life where where I had to meet new friends and and to you know I'm surprised. I kind of surprised that line because the line that stuck out to me was the one where he finally learns their language and starts talking. He's like, "How did you figure out our language?" He goes, "I listened." Such a poignant, powerful point to just make, in when he says that, and, and so that's and honestly, you, you know i'm glad that we got to watch this because this was an awesome movie and i thought it was a great way to to honor your friend here and he he sounds like somebody that i would have probably enjoyed a beer or two with and uh you know it's how we treat death is 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 just as important as how we treat life and i could tell that that movie you're right when you said it in your video it it shows a a bond created by people going on a similar experience, experiencing similar hardship. So it's, well,
1: I I think anybody who's survived any sort of military or, or training can definitely, uh, see the, the relationship there of, you know, um, bonding over adversity, right? Yeah. I mean, that, that's as far as I'm concerned, that's what boot is, is bonding over adversity, right? Um, I also think that, you know, there's a, a lot to be said for those experiences at that right time in in your life, right? Where you can experience that brotherhood, that that fellowship. And that's something I think we really need these days. We really need to to get back to that point of, you know, spending time with the guys, doing guy things. You know, I mean, I'm not necessarily advocating for, you know, like... Going and exterminating a a group of people attacking another village. But, you know, I mean, if that's your if that's, you know, what's available for you guys to do on a Saturday night, I suppose, you know, Um, that all being said, though, like for us, for Tony and I, um, we went through some crazy levels of adversity, Um, everything from completely crazy ex-girlfriends to uh, life changing absolute madness. Um, and we found ways to deal with it. And, you know, at the end, Tony got to that point, man. He, he literally got as happily ever after five years before he passed. He had finally met the girl of his dreams. They got married in arguably one of the most beautiful ceremonies I've ever been in. And, um, they were, they were living, they, they literally bought a farm upstate and were living in it. Um, So, you know, when I was saying my friend bought the farm, it was actually kind (laughs) of legit. And, you know, his wife is a beekeeper, right? So, like, they had the weirdest farm going. Because it was like they had bees. And a a group of uh, uh, peahens and peacocks uh, wandered onto their farm and decided they liked it there. So they just stayed. So they were apparently raising peacocks as well. I mean, like, it was that kind of, like, weirdness on a farm.
3: That's weirdly a common thing here. There's there's some people that here that have a bunch of peacocks and they're in one area of town And I've lived over there a couple different times and those birds can be so unpredictable there I will admit one thing they are more capable than I would have ever imagined There was one that would always climb up on top of one of the houses and hang up there at night the first time I saw him I was driving my car the top down and I heard a noise, and as I turned, I happened to look over, and I realized I could see the silhouette of a peacock on top of a house. And I was like, how did you even get there? Like, what? Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> right? Like, the, the, But, I mean, like, that's the kind of guy he was, right? I mean, mm-hmm. he was an amazing dude. We went through so much craziness together and came out the other side. Uh, he introduced me to my wife. Um, and I, I, I got to tell this story because I thought this was great. Um, yeah. When I was do. when we were when I was getting married, we had like a ceremony for the family, but we also did like a private ceremony on a beach. And when we were all kind of there, uh, I was like, "Well, you know, I could use you know." He was like, "Is there anything I can do for the wedding?" And I go, "Well, I could use an honor guard." And I kid you not, in a cartoon poof of smoke, he just vanishes and comes back five seconds later with a seven-foot-tall spear. Now keeping in mind the guy's only 5'8, so this thing's monstrous. And he's carrying it, and he's just like the proudest, you know, like regimented, like Spartan suddenly. And he's like, ready. And I'm like, okay, let's do this, right? But that's the kind of 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 man that we we had there, right? I mean That was that was the the kind of brother that, you know, I had. And the kind of wonderful, amazing human being he was. And uh, recently, we we finally got the opportunity because of COVID and whatnot to do a memorial to this man. And people came out of the woodwork from everywhere because of the impact he had. And I guess the only thing I can say is the one truly amazing thing I learned from this man is don't wait. Do not wait. If you find your happiness, seize it for all your worth and never let it go because you don't know how long it'll last. And it's super important to grab it as, grab it and own it as quickly as you can.
0: Yeah. Uh, Brandon, did you have a question? Or...
3: Hmm.
0: Okay, you must. Sorry, I just saw your arm up for a minute. I wasn't sure if you had oh, a thought question. I or... my head. Oh,
3: okay. <laughs> yeah, Sorry, so everything's long smaller long, right long. now. So uh... no, no, you're good. You're good. <laughs> yeah. uh, John actually messaged me earlier asking if I had watched uh, the Thirteenth Warrior before, uh, and. Uh, at the time I was like I was like I might have and then so I pulled up images a bit ago and I realized like I have a thousand percent seen this movie man, <laughs> multiple times. Like it just I just hadn't re Like when I read the name, I was like, man, the name's familiar. And then I looked it up and it was Antonio Banderas and I was like, I've probably seen this movie because there was a period of time where I loved that dude. And then I, I looked up images and I was like, Oh, it's that one! And I was like, Yeah, I know that like there's a few scenes that stand out. Like one of the scenes um, unfortunately, I can't speak to who I related to most because it's been so long since I watched the film. Yeah. It's hard to, like, and my memory is garbage even if I had recently seen the film. Uh, but the ce- there's a scene, and you'll know the scene really fast, but there's one scene in that movie that, like, I always loved and I can remember insanely clearly because, like, even as a kid, I was able to understand, like, how impactful of a moment it was and it's i want to say it's the king or the main the like lead warrior after they have this huge fight and he sits on that like yes he sits on like the higher throne looking thing and he sits there and he dies but like he it just looks like he's sitting as a sentinel and it's a wild moment
1: yeah that's um so he'd already been poisoned they knew he was gonna die yeah, uh, and he still comes out to fight the the, the big boss of the the mm-hmm. bad guys, beats the hell out of the dude, Walk, marches right back to his seat, plants his sword down and sits there like, you know, King Conan of the Mountain, mm-hmm. and everybody just flees because they're like, no, we're not fighting this dude. even How on a, you know, <laughs> you know, even on a, you know, he seems even more badass with the flu kind of thing. We're getting yeah. out of here. And, you know, they all kind of turn afterwards and they're like going up to congratulate him on like a well-fought battle. And they're like, oh, crap. He's been dead for like 10 minutes.
3: Yeah. You know, dude, that I, like I can remember that. And I yeah. haven't watched that. And I I couldn't even tell you. I know it's been a hot, hot minute. And like I've always been able to remember that scene. Like I always really liked the movie. But like that moment, even as a kid, I was like, dude, that's badass like that that's intense that's an interesting that's it, it, interesting isn't it like
0: that's that's the connection there that is like a huge scene that left an imprint on your mind from this movie oh, yeah. and now you're sitting and co-hosting a show with somebody whose movie that is like a very <laughs> special thing that he shared so Corey could you go a little bit more in depth why this movie was important to you and your friend what, what, oh, what was the connection that was brought there
1: absolutely so uh, you know we were just starting out as kind of like you know, you know, young starving students, right? I literally didn't have a TV even at that point. But when I moved in, um, we did some technological wizardry to turn a computer monitor. Uh, when back in the days when computer monitors and TVs were different things, we turned a computer monitor into a TV, and I had arranged the TV. And he managed to scrape together the money for the DVD player. And that was the first movie we sat down and watched. And after watching it, we were like, okay, we hadn't seen this previously. We picked it up because we thought it looked cool. And we're like, Viking movie? Absolutely. That's, you know, that's where we want to be. And then it turned into a thing where whenever one of us was having a bad day in that two or three years, the other one would pop some popcorn plunk it down pull out a couple of beers or a bottle of mead or whatever it was turn on the movie and go sit down we're having a better day now like that's it you know um when we had girlfriends we would literally go guys i'm sorry but like tony needs me or like ladies tony needs me you're on your own tonight we're doing this And they'd call and we just like grab the phone, put it, you know, hang up, like go movies on, hang up, toss the phone away. Like that was, you know, it was a ritual of this is what we do to get back into the right mood to be able to tackle the day. Right. Because we're kind of sitting there going, you know, if these if these these group of guys who arguably are having probably like the shittiest experience they've ever experienced (laughs) can get through, we can too. Right, like we can survive whatever nonsense is going on, right? Whether it's the crazy ex who you know was trying to beat down our door, whether it was um, the weirdness of living in the building we were living in when we tried to um, make a, a curry chicken dinner and it was failing out horribly. And we had the little Indian ladies that lived in the building knocking on our door saying, You're using this spice wrong. We can smell it from here. Right. (laughs) To the one night where we had a massive power outage. Um, But my friend there, Tony, uh, he had a thing for skulls. He just, that was his collection. So um, I was at the time working for a company that had like stocked a whole bunch of Halloween gear. So I pulled out like 150 of these skulls, put tea lights in all of them lit the whole apartment with skull lights, like skull lanterns. He pointed them though all at the door, so they were, all the eyes lit up looking at the door. He opens the door, I turn around in like my big badass chair and go, ah, we've been expecting you. right?" Just to make him laugh his ass off. Right? Um, You know, those kind of things, we, you know, that was the life we had going and you know, it wound up not ending because of anything necessarily bad. It was a situation of he had introduced me to my, my wife and we started getting together and we're like you know, we were going well, we're going to have to get a place and we're like, okay, well, how do we take Tony with us? Right? Like, how do we you know, how do we as a married couple have this dude live with us? <laughs> and he then comes and he's like, listen, I've um, I've decided that uh, I'm getting out of my current industry. I'm going to become a watchmaker, but i got to move to Quebec. And as it turns out, we I wound up being part of the group that introduced him to a girl that happened to live in Quebec that turned out to be his wife. So, like, that's how crazy a uniform thing happened around that, right? We were each other's best man at our weddings. Like, I, I literally drove him up to his wedding because he had had such craziness trying to get up to this wedding i'm like nope get in the car we're going you know get in loser we're gonna go get you married (laughs) um you know but it was it was that kind of world and it was just the right time in our life to be swept away by an epic and this was the epic that we latched onto, and this was our our feel good our pump up movie the thing that we watched when we wanted to to get back into the game and get going again and um Yeah, it was, it was almost like the sacred thing, right? You know, I mean, hell, we, the only time we ever paused the movie was one time. And this was just to mess with people. Um, We had a pair of Mormon missionaries come to the door. I like where this is going. Oh, you're going to really love this. And I turned to him and I go, all right, follow my lead. Like, whatever happens, just go with it, right? And, of course, as soon as I say something like this to my friend, like, both of us have this mischievous streak, so he knew I had something planned. So we open the door and we go, oh, thank goodness, you're just in time for prayer, right? You know, we're doing a prayer circle. Come on in. Come on in. Of course, we didn't tell him what gods we were praying to (laughs) until we had already locked the door. (laughs) And, of course, when you start a prayer circle with, Lo, there do I see my father. <laughs> and you got a pair of Mormons scrambling for the door. <laughs> <laughs> you know, desperately trying to unlock it, no less. Right? I mean, we had a great time, you know? Like, but, you know, that's the level of, like, Craziness and madness that that was my brother, right? And we would get up to it together. Um, you know, we routinely wound up dating, like, the same girl at different times. Um, you know, it was just that sort of thing, like, where we'd be like, you know, he turned turn to me and be like, so you dated her, right? And I'm like, yeah, she was a lot of fun, but, you know, crazy. And he'd be like, well, how crazy? Like, am I going to get stabbed in the middle of the night crazy? Or is she just gonna, like, hide under a table at a restaurant crazy? And I'm like, oh, hide under a table at a, uh, at a restaurant. And he's like, oh, I can deal with that. Okay, let's do this, right? Like, that was the kind of attitude, that was the kind of relationship. It was, you know, just if... I, I wasn't born genetically with a brother. But I have to imagine that if I had had a brother, this was what it would be like. <laughs> right? You know, minus, of course, the random fights and whatnot. I mean... Now, granted, my yeah, my random. wife will tell. Well, my wife will tell the story of how we um, we decided that the most ethical way to deal with disagreements on the chores was naturally a lightsaber duel. Um, you know, I mean that that, yeah, that seems to be the most reasonable yeah. way to deal with it. Yeah, well, I, tr- I tried. I tried. I tried something is that similar. Not
2: what everybody does with their wives. Well, I I tried. Right? I tried to like well, no, challenge.
1: This, this, was the, this was my friend. Now, what happened oh. though was. My wife would get so frustrated because we'd be having these epic battles, the duel of the fates, routinely, that she'd just get frustrated and go do it. And as soon as we realized that that was what was going to happen, well, you can imagine every single thing turned into a lightsaber duel. (laughs) Yeah, see, I tried something
0: similar. Uh, I picked video games that I was good at and was like, hey, you want to fight each other over the chores? And then, of course, you know, that... She didn't really like that, and then, of course, countered with, okay, well, let me run you through a Sims scenario. See if you can make more money than me without cheating. And I'm like, I don't want to play this game anymore.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, i stupid.
0: I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know, I only want to play games I beat you at. Isn't that right, John?
2: <laughs> oh, no, dude. My wife, I, sh- I showed her. Well, I didn't really show her. We, we started playing Mortal Kombat together, and I was like, you know, this is going to be a joke i I should go easy but obviously never let anybody win if you if you you can't win don't play but i was a hundred percent wrong apparently (laughs) the only video games this woman enjoys are call of duty and mortal kombat and he also respects all of the rules of like don't be a spammer and that's when it gets just so frustrating well, no, it's, it's a great rule, especially, like, when you're, you know, doing... Like, we've never done it for chores or anything like that, but we just do it for gaming, to have fun together. But, like, it's so frustrating to be good at a game and then have somebody walk on, be equally as good, but also have no clue how to do a single combo. Like, I've lost to her fatalities many times, and she still cannot figure out up, down, over B. And it's... It's not fair. Hey, man, I I, I feel you. Um, all I
1: can say is never get into a Pokemon duel with my wife. You will just. Lose.
2: <laughs> that's awesome.
1: <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, like she's just like the, you know, the the female trainer was I think based on my wife. <laughs> um, you know, that, that's the only way I can describe it. She's just glorious at it, and that's, I mean, that's like. So great. Yeah, and I mean, like, I, I try, but, man, no.
0: And, yeah, and, and thank you, Karyon, for, uh, for, you know, even though be being put on the spot, I, I know we just kind of ah, sprung this good. on you because we, we wanted to kind of make it a gesture of, uh, hey, we, one of the reasons why I'm doing this show and why I want to push to restore respect in a discourse because your, your entire story... Really, in in the memory that you had with your friend, it, w- it was based on shared love for movies, shared experiences, stuff that matters. The stuff that that we need to get back to as as people, regardless of what country we're in, because that that this you're not going to have stories. This beautiful story that Corio just shared, the beautiful life that that you know we kind of just have to take Corio's word for that existed for Tony. You're not going to have those stories if you're dividing yourself over over stuff.
1: No. And and no. as to taking my word for it, look, the stories involving Tony and I are too screwed up to not be true. Oh, that's I'm, one of the weird. I'm things. just saying it to
0: be facetious. I'm not actually yeah, doubting fair. anything. Yeah, no,
1: no, I know. No. You actually, you
0: knew this was coming. You used your magic to see into the future. You prepared this story. No, no,
1: none of that. No. no. Okay. You know what? I'm going to say this right now. Because I get away. W- because now you've opened the door, so I'm going to do it. No, right. You know how witches actually live to be like hundreds of years old and old and gray and shit like that? It's because we out prepare for freaking everything. Okay, <laughs> we are the Batman's of the mystical world.
3: Okay. Look, I'd rather have something and not need it than need it and not have it. All right? Exactly.
1: Right. Like Even somewhere to my detriment. in this house, <laughs> Somewhere in this house, there is a box that is set up for just every contingency. Just accept that. That's how it is. And I've just, I've got it already. Yeah.
0: No, you're, you're talking to a, you're talking to an idiot (laughs) prepper here. Like I totally agree with that. I've got similar, you know, dehydrated food sitting in a basement right now. Cause that's, that's, you never know. And it's not necessarily, you know, tyrannical government. It's hurricanes, earthquakes. There's any number of situations, uh, uprisings from witches. You just, you never know what to, what you're going to expect rabid flying monkeys that just happen to visit. Yeah. I know who I'm going to be angry at if that happens, and I know it's not going to be you directly, but I'm going to blame you anyway because I'm stupid. Anyway. Do well, yeah, well, you mean the Wicked Witch
1: of the West? <laughs> well, and the, you know, it, it, well, technically I'm Northeast, right? So, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's yeah, uh, uh, that's
0: pretty good. Uh, <laughs> if anything, if anything, it's between John and I who the Wicked Witch of the West is. Um,
3: Dude, on a weird random note, uh, I definitely feel sea a little Thieves, bit more trained My Sea of Thieves profile The pet I have in that I specifically bought because as soon as I thought of it I saw it I thought of the Wizard of Oz monkeys because <laughs> It's like a mechanical It's like a red, brown, and black mechanical monkey With a heart in the center And I was like It's just Wizard of the Oz monkey, So I named it Ozzy Right on <laughs> Perfect That's I was fantastic like, This is the only pet I need in this game <laughs>
1: And you know what? I will say this. When it comes to Wizard of Oz, I, I feel like it's the perfect witch movie. Because you have... Oh, it's uh, just a perfect movie the, all around. You, you have you have a good witch, you have a bad witch, and they're fighting over a pair of shoes. That is like 100% <laughs> that community. This is my
3: deal. Wait, does up. the Wizard of Oz take place in California? <laughs> Pretty much.
2: I mean, it's like... It's actually a tale it's... about Dolce and Gabbana. No,
3: no. It takes place right? where it takes place because... There's only the one pair of shoes in existence. All right,
0: uh, let's uh, let's actually do this closeout right this time. Um, let me go. Let's Did see. You do uh, it wrong last start. Time? Th- yeah, we do it wrong every week. Uh, throw your channels oh. in the private chat so John can throw them up on the regular chats and blast them to the world. Yeah, uh, so we can do our promotions properly. I've been meaning, yeah, this is something I want to start doing so we can start promoting pro- uh, channels. It doesn't even say you have to even be yours. If there's one that you guys. Feel you want to sponsor tonight and and put out there please by all means um do a shout out to maria with teen she's starting a, uh, a new program where she's weekly gonna put on her zen buddhist uh uh official i can't remember the title now for some reason um but she is uh she's just gonna talk to you any issues you want to talk through she's gonna help talk to you not a licensed psychologist but those people are a ripoff anyway so you're getting free hey therapy.
1: Yeah, and let's be honest, everybody could use somebody to talk to.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely, Coryon, you have your own standalone solo channel, so if people need to I watch, do. you know, the first Rider Brother Avenger or whatever. <laughs>
1: or the third well, one, I don't know. Uh, you know, the the coolest one? No. Um but uh here's what I will say. Uh, I am uh, Coryon, your witching residence on YouTube. Uh, I talk about spiritual stuff, but I do it through the lens of pop culture. So anytime you want to check it out, please feel free. Um, my videos aren't ridiculously long, but they ask we some love important you for questions. That. Yeah, you know, but they ask some important questions and I love getting audience feedback. So please join in, comment, let me know what you guys think. Even if it's something along the lines of, dude, do whatever at movie i will do it even if it's bad especially if it's bad <laughs>
0: yeah and thank you for the kind feedback maria you're you're great as as well uh and, and of course we grow together um and then of course brandon Devil Cry 3 you're primarily on twitch uh
3: yeah uh i'm primarily on twitch i honestly haven't streamed in like three or four weeks <laughs> it's so busy uh i to i'm us all. planning I've been planning on trying to do a Throwback Thursday stream uh, Fallout New Vegas again, which I've done a bunch of times. But this time, I've been working on getting mods set up to play Fallout New Vegas with mods for the first time ever. And so I've been just, like, steadily doing that uh, every once in a while. Like, that's what I was doing last night while I was watching those shows. On one screen, I had the shows running, and then the other one, I was just, like, clicking and downloading, setting up... All right, generate game, Okay, game functions, it's not dead, cool, problem solved. Moving on to the next one. <laughs> hey. Just systematically sh- doing them.
0: Shout out to your multitasking, man. That's great that you're going to you know, put more content for your channel. And, of course, we'll absolutely do what we can to help on our end with that. And, uh, uh, yeah, I'm probably going to be putting a video out this week after Strange New Worlds finishes up about how not to write a first season. Um, <laughs> not to... Not to hamper the mood there, Brandon. I know you're liking the show, and, and please don't don't take my opinion as though, you know, please don't take my opinion as law because it's worry, definitely won't. not.
1: Um, well, not yet, anyway. Give us time.
0: Yes, the writer Brothers will rule you all. Um, and, of course, a shout-out to Orville Nation. Uh, PJ's really doing a... Uh, he's really trying to take the lead in, in promoting We Grow Together to get a lot of independent content creators out there and networked, and, and he's... He's, uh, from what I understand, I haven't talked to him enough directly yet, but I know a lot of, some of you guys have, and he's sort of, uh, involved with pop culture in his own way, and, and he wants to help us grow, and we obviously want to help any other independent uh, creators that, that eventually I'd like to see the Ryder Brothers be where people could get their start. Not because I need to stroke my own ego, I get enough of that from, well, I don't do that anymore, um. Really because I want to I be able to just help people. This is something that we should have done a long time ago. And I wish we had started sooner in the game looking back. But you know what? There were a lot of insecurities and stuff that I had to overcome myself. A lot that I still need to overcome. And so I'm just happy that we're even doing it. And I want to help give that same gift and that same motivation to those who are trying to do that. To, as a way to give back to people who give us support and uh, hopefully very soon we can talk merchandise. We actually have an idea of how to do that that, that we think would be unique while also um, affording a membership opportunity, but that's more to follow. Um, other than that, any any last words, guys? we got about uh, two minutes or so, I think,
1: before... Well, just predatory. to add in... Shout, um, out to,
2: shout out to Chris Karaoke, CC Karaoke. He, uh, yes. he is not... Missing because we asked him to leave. He's missing because life asked him to leave. Yes, we miss him deeply, uh, and that's why his we channel do. is included as well. We do, but
0: he also does have a big following on the karaoke side, and he's trying to get people excited about the Ryder Brothers in his own way. And so we appreciate all his continued support. We do look forward to hopefully having him back around fall time, uh, uh time permitting, and uh and so we definitely wanna wanna see him back. And any other anyone else who wants to. Come join our discussion. We're, we're here every Tuesday. So,
1: Yeah. And uh, yeah, I was just going uh, to say to you to talking about PJ at Orville Nation, um, having worked with him in the past, he's a wonderful human being. He's a great, wonderful spirit of a man. And do check him out. Check out Maria. She is like arguably, I think one of the best YouTubers in existence, you know, excluding, of course, everyone on this panel. Um, but definitely do check her out. Uh, you know, and check out uh, PD's videos. He's got like way better production value than anything I've ever put out. Um, he actually oh, knows how to strong. cut a video. You know, uh, which is something that I am still struggling to do. So do check him out. Um, and of course, Devil Cry Three, dude your commentary during games is actually pretty
3: damn glorious oh have you I gone and rewatched it, right? some stuff <laughs> oh yeah i have <laughs> and... my favorite is the my resident evil 3 playthrough well all i'll
1: say is this dude i do my homework is all i'm gonna say <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah now, man you, no, look. you guys are all good <laughs> and,
0: and helping to make this into something more than than really what it is and and so it's it's Truly, really it says a lot to your guys' character, and, and uh, yeah, un- unfortunately, that's pretty much uh, brings us to the edge. I want to thank all of our listeners today, and uh, I want to thank everybody who watched all the way through live. And if you're listening to this, we're on every Tuesday, six thirty Mountain Time, PM, not the horrible AM. And uh, I'm P.D. York, the Ryder Brothers. We'll see you next week.
2: I love you. Welcome to concert.